0: The phone conversation between fantasy veterans bob harris and mount waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players units or teams from sunday's games feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player situation not the ability effort or character of the player this is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover
1: in a little time Good morning, Matt Waldman. Here we are, the first week of June, or almost into the second week of June. uh, There's OTAs. There's things going on. Not like a ton of things, but, man, we're sitting here waiting for DeAndre Hopkins to find a job. We're waiting here for Dalvin Cook to lose a job. Or or not. I don't know. Uh, It's that time of year. So, uh, not a lot of really rock-solid developments to hang our hat on, but we got some things to chew on here. How are you doing today?
0: I'm waiting for my sinuses to stop uh, swelling up. So if I sound funny, and I may not even have a video on this podcast, because the only person I might want to gross out is Bob um, with this particular right. pod, but we're going to bear through it. So, so I'm, I'm, then I'm, I'm past the being grossed yeah. out by your portion of this uh, <laughs> <a> parasite. <laughs> so yeah, other than that, pretty good, actually. You know, All right, well let's
1: let's get into it. There is, you know, the usual off-season chatter. So I think this kind of stuff is good to uh, dig our uh, mitts into and get a little feel of whether we're fucking it or feeling it. Uh, Doug Peterson, uh, he thinks Trevor Lawrence is going to get a lot better. Uh, Fantasy Nation out there thinks he's already pretty good. He's going off his uh, quarterback eight in best ball. Uh, are you feeling upside at that ADP for Trevor Lawrence?
0: I am to an extent, because I think that um, he could be a top five quarterback, um, especially with Calvin Ridley returning, Evan Ingram um, returning to the team, and them being able to diversify their offense a little bit, get a little younger out there. Um, Overall, I think that what Doug Peterson saw was a young quarterback maturing in those pivotal moments, you know, those three to five plays per game that make a difference. And I think Trevor Lawrence still has room to grow to where we could see him become a player that people thought maybe Justin Herbert already had become, but maybe is not quite there, but was at closer to that line than where Lawrence started. Um, and I think, yeah, Lawrence, I think overall um, has room to grow to be a top three or top five guy.
1: Feeling this as well. And by the way, I think Justin Herbert has room to move back up as well. But Lawrence had the, you know, super strong season. But at that, like, what was it? The last five games of the season last year, uh threw for 1,279 yards, had 10 touchdowns. A total eight passing, two rushing during that streak. I mean, that showed... I think a little more upside than maybe we're even giving him credit for. So so I'm on board with this. I'm heavily invested. Uh, perhaps that's the other reason I see it, because I want it to come true. I'm speaking it into existence. So is Romeo Dubs, uh up in Green Bay. Uh, he believes Jordan Love can do the exact same thing as Aaron Rodgers. Are you feeling that or something else?
0: In theory, I'm feeling yeah, that I Jordan think. Love could become a good enough quarterback to be a... Good starter with really good athletic ability that might um, make him a fantasy asset. And we're going to see whether he can prove that this year. But the fact that Romeo Dubs believes it, fuck that. Because Ah. it took, listen, it took Devontae Adams. He said, look, it took me three years to figure out how to play in the NFL. Not because of my athletic ability. That was already there. It was how to really apply the techniques and understand the concepts of coverages and be on the same page with a quarterback the caliber of Aaron Rodgers. Romeo Dubs is in year two, entering year two, and the thing he wasn't very good at in year one was being on the same page with his quarterback in terms of coverages and making the small technical adjustments against high-end reports. It's kind of like having a I don't know it's kind of like having a kid who critique you know drummers and doesn't know the difference between like a certain role or a flam or anything of any technical nature of drumming and his rudiments escape him and his drums yeah and he hasn't and he hasn't even heard a drum more than once in his life I mean so I look at Dubs and he's not qualified to talk about what Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers can do um, (laughs) at this stage. He needs to focus on actually just hoping that he can be on the same page with his quarterback, any quarterback. And once that happens, then we'll give it a little more credence.
1: So I'm feeling Romeo. I'm totally fucking his analysis, but feeling his efforts to get in the good graces of his quarterback.
0: I would agree with that. This is what that. he
1: should be doing, right? <laughs> We've got a kitty core here. We got Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. Let's say Jaden Reed is a starter. Let's say Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. Or you know, this is a this offense is being built. In a way, the Packers have said it. They want the they want a receiving core that's going to grow with their quarterback. I don't know if they're you know suggesting rebuild is coming. I think they are uh, suggesting that, but and I think it's inevitable, right? But because but we don't know what they have in Jordan Love. They have a better idea than we do, but I don't think they entirely know. And you hear a lot of talk about you know what the offense is going to look like, and you hear the answers. Well, oh, we're not really sure about that. But kudos to Romeo Dubs for uh, getting in front of this whole. Uh, this is my quarterback. I love
0: him. Let's take take this another direction, too. I don't know. Uh, Okay. Fuck the media for asking the question if it's the way I believe the question was probably asked, which was, do you believe that Love can do what Aaron Rodgers has done? Can he come in and replace Aaron and do the things Aaron did? And then Dubs is left in the situation where he's going to say, of course he can. I believe he can do, you know, and that's one of those things so fuck the media for asking a dumbass question that doesn't have enough detail with that how,
1: how how much of my job of blurb writing and so forth is just just based on the fact that somebody asked somebody a question and they have to answer that's not actually
0: news but <laughs> right. it's just
1: somebody had to answer a damn question because somebody's out there throwing the question in their face and i know when i hear a story like first thing in the morning i'll hear a version of a story I know there's going to be four waves of repercussion or response to that. You know, the the coach is asked a question, he responds. Well, then the player is going to be asked a similar question. Then somebody's going to get in, an agent's going to get in somebody's ear and say, "No, nah, this is a behind yeah. the so." You know, there's going to be for every story there is an opposite and equal reaction, and to every reaction there are three or four opposite and equal reactions. Romeo Dubs, thank you for feeding the beast. We need something to write about this time of year, and I appreciate you, <laughs> young man. All right, uh, so that let's get to the real part of this than the Packers offense uh this backfield are is it primes for a big season uh Aaron Jones AJ Dillon both going at pretty reasonable ADPs uh you feeling those guys is, is value plays this year
0: I traded for Aaron Jones in a dynasty league this year just because I figured they're going to be checking the ball down a lot to him um you're going to see I think you're going to see Jordan Love throwing a lot of deep balls to the perimeter struggling over the middle which means that Jane reed who i really like but as a player if he's in the slot and running a lot in the middle of the field it might be real boom bust for him at best um you're going to hope that he's going to be used a lot in the perimeter so for me it is the running backs i think the running backs are 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 probably going to be the safest bet because at the end of games when the packers are playing um a version of what the Detroit Lions were doing a couple of years ago. There's going to be a lot of, of zone defenses that are playing off and they're going to just feed the ball to to the backs and try and move up and down the field when they're they're behind by 14 or, or by 21 or down by 7 late in the game.
1: Uh, Aaron Jones currently running back 17 in best ball ADP. AJ Dillon way down the list. Running back 33. I'll take that. I'll take that too. I'll take that price all day and uh, hope for a huge year. Maybe the year they they hoped he would have last season that nobody had because, look, the offense wasn't good. Neither neither was that Aaron Rodgers guy uh, who has also been talking and making stories this week. Thank you, Aaron, for that. Gino Smith and Jared Goff, feeling them as one-hit wonders, or (laughs) are they fucking amazing and going to be great again this year?
0: Hell no, they're not one-hit wonders. I think, you know, first of all, Jared Goff was a hit with the Rams for a season. So he's no he longer can qualify as a one hit wonder. Second of all, the Geno Smith hate and and I gotta say there's a I think there's some of it with some of my staff at football guys. I just don't some of my some of my you know some of my teammates over there. I don't know, man. I don't agree with that because Geno Smith is very good with uh, making adjustments pre and post snap. He showed a a great job of doing that. That was something that was also even. Further substantiated, I think this week by their coaching staff, or it was DK Metcalf actually, who was talking about how, you know, they asked him the difference between him and Russell Wilson. And instead of falling for it like a, a rude like Romeo Dubs, you know, who's going to, you know, he'll figure it out in a year or two. Um, okay. DK Metcalf was like, DK Metcalf was like, I'd rather not talk about the differences. I'd rather talk about what was similar about them. And he said that, uh, he said that the similarities was is that you know well you know Gino really did a great job of understanding the offense and being able to make checks and make adjustments the way that he did and when you see what he had to do with an offense where they really wanted to use three receivers and we've talked about this before they couldn't now they're gonna have three good starting receivers and that uh, and I'm emphasizing Jackson Smith and Jing, but yes, he should be the first receiver off the board. Um, among the rookies this year, you should be taking him in redraft leagues um, where you can get him at the value that he probably is because I think he's the most likely to give you Cooper Cup-esque production. Not prime Cooper Cup. I'm not asking him to threaten 1,600 to 1,900 yards of receiving, but I think you're going to get what... Cup could have given gave you like year one which is i think seven to nine hundred yards receiving somewhere around six to eight touchdowns i think he can do that and and still geno smith can support dk medcalf and tyler lockett this offensive line isn't bad when you look at golf you've got amon St. brown you get sam laporta who i think you're going to split outside a fair bit Jamison Williams will be coming back but even with without him you got Jameer Gibbs and you know and he has a nice rapport with a guy like Josh Reynolds Marvin Jones is back maybe not you know maybe those guys aren't going to be fantasy options for you but they're going to be able to help this team with what they do well to spread the field out and create matchups and I think that you know both those guys can be top 12 quarterbacks this year um not at the very least, I think Jared Goff will stay within the top fifteen, even if you know he doesn't have quite the personnel that he did last year.
1: Yeah, I, so I mean, you're currently getting these guys: quarterback fifteen, Geno Smith for a top ten finisher last year. Jared Goff, right in that range, going up to sixteen right now. These are like the safety valve quarterbacks. So you could skip the entire draft and grab these guys well into the double digit rounds and feel really good about what you're doing, and probably get way more upside. Uh, Geno Smith, in particular uh I think gives you that consistent upside and, and apparently Jared Goff as long as they're either home or not on the road one of those two things they're really really good and look he could extend that I'm with you I'm feeling both these guys is super super awesome values uh heading into drafts this year uh Josh McDaniel said this past week he is not concerned about the reports and the rumors that Jimmy Garoppolo might not be able to play this season said young McDaniels I have no anxiety you guys may have anxiety I have none are you feeling that mad, or might he have a little anxiousness behind the scenes, a little FOMO, if we were missing out on actually having a quarterback?
0: Well, the, the off talked about Jay Cutler story here, um, the uh, you know that that you know Ted Sundquist relayed to me years ago, and then the off talked about uh, will he or won't he coach for two different teams tells me that Josh McDaniels just has no conscience. Maybe he's just a psychopath, like a functioning psychopath, yeah. I who, like this. Like, who just doesn't, you know, who who you know just doesn't have really any feelings on this level about anything, and he's just not a criminal, you know. He just, I don't know that we know of that we know of, yeah, that we know. Of. But uh, but I'll say this: I mean, it's probably too early right now, um, but I don't know who they'll get if they don't uh, <clears throat> if, if if they don't have Garoppolo. I'm feeling that if he doesn't have anxiety,
1: he he made another portion of his comment was, I have information, inside information, telling me I should, uh, you know, that I should not be worried. I think he probably does have that information. And the actions of the Raiders suggest that they have that same information, right? They put a big-ass clause in his contract, you know, that gives them all kinds of protections and outs in case the worst case comes about. Uh, Probably would have been ideal if he hadn't had the surgery, you know, waited until March to have the surgery. All those things are true. Also, I think probably they're not as anxious as the rest of the world. And you you know, nobody's out there drafting him anyway. The concern is for Devontae Adams and I think Jarrett Stidham showed us last year that uh that Devontae Adams can has earned a quarterback proof card. He had a great game with Stidham last year. I don't know that he'd have one with Brian Hoyer or maybe you know more about Aiden o- is it Aiden O'Connell? What is it Aiden Who is it?
0: O'Connell, yep. Yep. So So uh, and and I would say that the time for it us to see any anxiety surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo is when there's pressure in the pocket or the game is in you know, the the final minutes of the fourth quarter, because that's when you're going to see anxiety um, take a hold from Jimmy Garoppolo, who, you know, you watched even in Eastern Illinois, I believe it was Eastern Illinois, where he would uh, turtle in the face of of pressure. Um, So, you know, I think that's the limiting thing with him. Good enough for fantasy stats if he's got great surrounding talent around him. But I don't think the Raiders' offensive line is nearly on par with the 49ers at this stage. So it's going to be interesting.
1: There are people out there who uh, who believe that the there's a correlation between a rushing quarterback and the opportunities they take uh, and uh, the running backs they play alongside the Buffalo Bills. Might be evidence of that. Uh, uh, Anthony Richardson limiting Jonathan Taylor. Are you feeling that, or, or, or fuck that, Aaron. Nothing's limiting Jonathan Taylor. It's adding
0: to it. Well, did, did we really have an issue with Justin Fields and David Montgomery when Montgomery was healthy, or Khalil Herbert? Did we really have an issue with Jalen Hurts and anybody who they had throw out there in that offensive line, including? You know, Miles Sanders, who got himself a second contract to be a lead back on another team, I'd say no. So, you know, did Steve McNair limit Eddie George? You know, I mean, you know, not much. Way back in the day, (laughs) if you go that far back, so yeah, I'm not feeling that. I maybe early on, I'm feeling the limit of Jonathan Taylor, where he's not maybe top five automatically on the board, and maybe he's a top fifteen overall player because. Anthony Richardson, as he's learning the game this year, may not be in as good a situations to identify when he should check to a run. That would be a big play. That he might not recognize that with a defensive look that he might do recognize two, three years from now. Or that his inefficiency with certain um, aspects of the game as a rookie as he's learning may limit the amount of opportunities that Taylor gets. But it's not due to to his running it's due to him being a rookie just like every other rookie who goes through the things I described for the most part
1: sometimes we can have addition by subtraction he may lose a, a look here or there or a carry here or there also uh opposing defenses when you have Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor at the mesh point and, uh, and you're trying to decide who you're going to keep an eye on great point. I'm guessing this is going to work out in Jonathan Taylor's favor as often as not when he gets the ball in his hand because that Richardson guy, he's going to get some attention. That would be my uh, that would be my feeling. I think it's a safe. Bet.
0: I think, in, and let's just say this: I'm I'll, I'm just going to go go this route. I don't want to see this happen very often because I want to see Anthony Richardson have a long career as a passer, and he's a good passer. But the dude is the most athletic quarterback entering the league in the history of the game, and he runs with the the contact balance and stamina of pace of Marshawn Lynch. So imagine having a Marshawn Lynch-like quarterback on the field alongside Jonathan Taylor, at least Marshawn Lynch-like in space. That's kind of scary. That is kind of scary. I'm a little horrified at the moment. Let me collect myself.
1: Uh, the Falcons <laughs> offense. Uh, so, like, so, Okay. Deshaun Robinson's very good. I get it, right? And he's going to be fantastic, and you're going to pay a lot to draft him. I'm going to just suggest, and like I've kind of been an Arthur Smith fan over the course of time, but looking at his efforts to maximize the talents of people like Kyle Pitts and Drake London has sucked. Has me less than enthusiastic yeah. about this. Uh, but look, and we have Desmond Ritter at quarterback there. I think there's, you know, the pieces are all there. Is this the year? Are you feeling this is the year? that Arthur Smith puts this all together and gets all these pieces going because the missing piece was Bijan Robinson.
0: I think it's all up to... um, I don't think the missing piece was Bijan, to be honest, because Cordero looked pretty damn good and Tyler Algier wasn't too shabby. So if you ask me, the missing piece was the quarterback because Marcus Mariota, they described early in the season, we had to tailor the offense around Mariota to give him things that he could do and avoid the things he couldn't do. AKA, they needed to give him one side of the field to read on a regular basis and not ask him to do more than that um, as, as often as you would expect. So if Desmond Ritter can be an actual fa- franchise caliber starter and show that promise of reading the entire field and making good decisions, then I think you'll see Pitts and London work out. But if he can't do it, well, there's always next year.
1: Okay, based on all that then, Desmond Ritter as like maybe kind of a super late round, if you're kind of flying on on quarterbacks, as a super late round fantasy QB2, or maybe even in the QB league, I mean, I think he at least probably has uh, some job security, although Taylor Heineke would hope that's not the case.
0: Yeah, I, I would say, well, if you got Taylor Heineke there, you know, then I would say this. That's that's their saying we've got a journeyman bridge guy that if this doesn't work out by week eight, um we're going for another quarterback in this dra- in the twenty twenty four draft. So I but I'd still take the chance on Ritter. Late in the draft, why not?
1: You know? Yeah. That's great value. I'm with you there, which is why I made that a question. I just wanted to make sure I didn't wasn't as wrong as I thought I was. Tony Pollard. Uh is he a top ten fantasy running back, Matt Waldman? He finished that way last year, then he? is it sustainable?
0: Yeah, I think it's sustainable. Um, I, it's just going to depend on how much, um, they, how much they use some of these other backs who seem to have a lot of overlap with what Pollard does um, in ways that I would not want Pollard off the field, like Deuce Vaughn. Are you really going to take Pollard off the field as a receiver to give Deuce Vaughn more looks? I mean, I love Vaughn's receiving skills. But I just don't know if that's really going to fly. So I think, I think Pollard will probably be on the low end of the top 10. Um, uh, you know, there's probably something to be said about his stamina and touch count, how much they want to limit it. Um, but I still think that it will be enough for him to, to be a running back one in, this, in fantasy.
1: Feeling the same there. Cam Akers uh, is going as late running back two. Do you feel Cam Akers is a running back, too, who will deliver running back one numbers uh, on a semi-regular basis?
0: I was going to joke and say, before you gave me the end of that question, I was going to say, fuck that. He's a running back one. Um, I think he's a top five running back this year if Matthew Stafford stays healthy. The way he played, watching his tape last year, I was super impressed with what he did, um, given the offensive line. Yep. So that's I'm it. I'm a I'm bullish on Cam Akers, and if it doesn't work out, that's okay because you you can bet your ass I'm taking Zach Evans. Um, you, you know pretty much at the end of draft redrafts all the time, and if that doesn't work out, I you know there's a certain guy on the waiver wire by the name of Tyon Evans. While everyone else is taking Kyron Williams and and Ronnie Rivers or whoever else they throw out have there still on the staff. I think Ty and Evans will make this team, and he'll be the guy if the other two go down.
1: I hope you don't put this video up so that people can't see me writing down that name as we say it. Um, I feel the same about Cam Akers, by the way. I feel like this is a, a huge value. I'm wondering if you feel the same about Rashad White as a running back three. Is he going to deliver us running back one weeks?
0: That's a low bar for Rashad White, and it probably needs to be because that offensive line is not good and their quarterback situation, it's real boom-bust with Baker Mayfield, and I'm leaning much more towards bust. I'm, I would, I'll say this, I would not take Rashad White in that range. There's got to be better value with safer talents. I will, however, take Sean Tucker at the end of a draft um, where it's virtually free.
1: They did give Sean Tucker a fair amount of money, meaning as much money as I think any of the undrafted free agents got. So, uh, good for him. I wanted to say what is the actual number here? Who's going around the same range as him? He's going a little bit after, just outside the Cam Akers is going twenty-three. So he's just inside the running back two. Uh, Rashad White is going after Javante Williams, who's going at twenty four. So the <laughs> first of the wide receivers, first of the running back threes. But he's going ahead of guys that I like a lot better. James Conner. I'd probably rather have David well, I don't know about David
0: Montgomery. Oh, I would take Montgomery and Connor easily.
1: Definitely, definitely A.J. Dillon. Connor for sure. A.J. Dillon, probably David Montgomery as well. So uh, I'm kind of with you there. Sticking with Tampa Bay, um, I'm starting to get, so I'm I'm trying to go take you know lessons from each year as I go. I'm a young person. I'm trying to learn as I go along here <laughs> in this fantasy space. Um, so last year what I learned was my belief that a horrible quarterback situation means the worst possible outcome for wide receivers was, Disputed by people like Amari Cooper and B.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So I sit here in drafts watching Chris Godwin going off as running back, uh, wide receiver twenty-six. Mike Evans as, as wide receiver thirty, and I'm starting to feel like they are values. Uh, are you with me, or are you saying fuck you, Bob Harris? Those guys suck.
0: No, they're they're both terrific receivers, and I'm a, always will be a huge fan of Chris Godwin. I just think that Mike Evans will probably be a better bet based on how Baker Mayfield throws the ball, Baker Mayfield's not great in the middle of the field. Um I think more the timing routes where he's perpetually behind and gets Odell Beckham's daddy making film to to show how bad Baker was. Um that is a good example of that. I think Evans is in a better sh- better shape and I'm kind of off God with this here, which kind of sucks cuz of a lot of my dynasty leagues. Godwin has been an anchor piece for my teams, so I'm just going to have to grin and bear it this year with him.
1: So I believe the upshoot there is Bob Harris. You are so fucking right; it amazes me.
0: I appreciate that,
1: Matt. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, uh,
0: are you feeling? The this? It was this. This still stems from our conversation off air from this this weekend, but well, that that's for another show. <laughs>
1: for
0: another show. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, are you feeling the concerns about Zach Charbonnet cutting into Kenneth Walker the third's workload?
0: To an extent, but not enough that I'm going to drop Kenneth Walker outside running back two territory. I think that this offense is good enough that you can see Charbonnet as maybe a running back three to begin the for this year, and Walker still being a, a running back two. Um, Walker was too good. I think he's one of the better backs. I, I, I thought he was the second best back in last year's draft class to Brees Hall. Um, Zach Charbonnet is a nice back, but I don't have him graded at the same level. He's certainly capable of more than replacing Walker if Walker gets hurt and has an injury that causes him to lose something. But but I would say that, um, you know, to see this, I don't think we're going to see Walker as a one and done running back in the league by any stretch of the imagination.
1: I will posit this theory. We've seen this movie before, right? Chris Carson was pretty much locked in as the top option there for Pete Carroll. Uh, They drafted Rashad Penny, and we were all horrified. Uh, It wasn't that bad news. They still stuck. Pete Carroll wanted to stick with Chris Carson, and he did as long as he was in the locked and upright position. Rashad Penny gets the job. We were worried then when they drafted uh, Kenneth Walker, yet Rashad Penny had the job until he couldn't hold on to it. I think it's the same situation here. I, it just seems like that's the approach they take. We're going to see both guys, but the primary guy is going to remain the primary guy until he cannot yeah. be the primary guy. Unfortunately, that's often been the case, that he has not been able to hold on to that job due to injury, whoever it's been. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll hope for the uh, yeah. best for Mr. Ken the III and my dynasty shares thereof.
0: Yeah, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, y- you would have taken both of them. I mean, yep. so you probably, to, to some degree, for at least a year, I think there was a... You could probably say the same about Alvin Kamara and my, uh, Mark Ingram. So there's there's a lot of running back tandems like this that work out. I, I agree with that.
1: Uh, are you buying into Chick Okonkwo and Juwan Johnson as breakout tight ends?
0: Okonkwo, absolutely. Johnson, I think in theory it makes sense, but I'm I'm a Foster Moreau believer. And, I, and now that he's going to work it out in OTAs, I think he's the better prospect. I think he knows Dave, you know Derek Carr really well, and I think he's going to be in an offense where maybe he actually gets an opportunity to be the tight end that I always thought he could be, which is a a top seven to top ten option production wise. Not fair enough, fair enough. Coke, Matt. I feel like he's uh,
1: overlooked an overlooked commodity. I feel like his floor is high enough to make him a tight end. One, do you feel that, or are you saying Bob Harris who are stupid this
0: time? No, he's like the Damian Harris of tight ends. Like, yeah, he, yeah, Love you the know, Harris analogy. You see, there you go. And that—that's the thing. I mean, I think he's—he's he's the type of guy that the ceiling might not be high enough with if Robert Tunyon's still in, um, still healthy enough throughout the year. But Comand is a solid player who blocks well. He's able to work the zones. He's not maybe the matchup player Tanya is one-on-one, but with the way this um, offense is going to look, I think Komet's going to get some, enough opportunities that you could see him maybe be, especially in a 14- or 16-team league, I think he'll be a, a low-end tight end one. It might be a stretch in a 12-team league or or lower.
1: Totally agree with that, and, and I feel like uh, the price is really nice. Uh, Jahan Dotson seems to be a fuzzy dude. Uh, exciting many in the fantasy community. Uh, he excited me by saying, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy has brought a culture to the team. All right, sure. I think he was asked a question. I'm not all that excited. But are you feeling Eric Bieniemy is a positive change agent in Washington, D.C. for the commanders?
0: Um, I, th- You know, maybe for the players temporarily. Um, but, you know, as we know about work cultures, you can have good coworkers. You can have good immediate supervisors, you know, um or, or bosses, but if the executive part of the, the organization sucks, then you know, it, it all trickles downhill in a manner that it's disappointing. So I would say until until what's going on upstairs has changed significantly for the better, um, this is just a band aid.
1: Fair enough. I kinda of like Eric Band. I'm hoping I'm I hoping some of the I'm hoping some of the cheeky things that we've seen uh, translate to uh, the Washington offense. And that being the case, everyone, watch Logan Thomas. The tight end is going to be very busy in this offense, and they didn't add nobody. They didn't do a damn thing. Oh, but Logan.
0: they do have someone. Okay, go
1: ahead. Go ahead. Rain right on my parade. <laughs> Rain right on my parade, smart guy.
0: Cole Turner. You know, definitely want Logan there. Thomas. You definitely want Logan Thomas. You were right, but I would say, write down Cole Turner, because this is a big, long, lanky guy who can win the ball. And apparently he has been outstanding thus far. They they have been super impressed with him. And if it weren't for an injury late last year, they were planning on giving him playing time. So they say that he looks great out there. And I know it's early, so we, we've talked about this type of thing. But he's a talented player, and, and I think that with Logan Thomas being in his mid-30s already, um, it's it's a good idea to keep an eye out for this kid. I hate it
1: when you do that. Tom Brady is certain he's retired, Matt. <laughs> his dream is to buy into the Raiders. Are you feeling Tom, Tom Brady truly being retired this time? I feel like a reporter asking you a question about I'm, one of your teammates. If I you know. have no, I,
0: I want to say yes. I really want to say yes. But I could envision him, you know, not by delaying the buy-in, you know, or finding a way to, to work his way back to playing for the Raiders. I'm going to say I'm certain he's retired. How about you? Where are you at? I
1: totally think he's retired. I think he's had enough of this nonsense and he's going into the ownership end of things. And, and all that means he will certainly change his mind and make me look foolish, and I'm all about that. Go ahead and do it, Tom. I don't really care whether you play or not. I hope you're done because it's been an illustrious career. You're a fantastic player. You've brought a lot of joy to a lot of people. You've brought a lot of angst to people on the other side. Uh, I, I always say this You know, sometimes when we talk about the politics and the ongoing things in the world and the divisions that we face, I remind people, well, I work in a business where the greatest player of all time is also the biggest cheater ever, so it's easy for me to understand these, the duality of these things because uh, Tom Brady uh, has been there to guide the way. Thank you, Tom. We appreciate you. You're the <laughs> goat of all things. So stay retired. Life Matt, is why don't you? Why don't you take some rest and and cure your sinuses, young man? We'll yeah, next think, week. Yeah,
0: we will try. All right, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.